Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurship in Developing Markets. I am here with my amazing, knowledgeable co-host, Lincoln Dahl. How's it going? Oh, you're too generous. Uh, I'm, I feel <laughs> I feel amazing. You know, I just I, I just like to shower you with compliments every time we. Uh, it builds do my recording. confidence. Really, it does. Yeah, it makes me feel better. Thank you. <laughs> Well, you have a wealth of knowledge and the way I'm looking at this is, you know, if I can get a life hack from somebody that's done what I'm looking to uh, do and done it at scale, why, why not shoot a podcast and learn at the same time? Well, <laughs> you should know that the only reason I hang around you is because I like to hang around people who are smarter than me. So uh, that's your role. <laughs> hey, you're a lot smarter than me as well. And um, I'm really looking forward to this conversation that we are going to be having today. And the conversation is going to be centered around building the foundation for starting a business in a developing market. And what we want to share today is our experience in the first couple of months. And how did we get to the point of wanting to start something across across the world in a different market and or did we just wake up and we're like hey let's just let's just start a let's just start a business in africa <laughs> what species of mental illness that is is that what you're asking <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah and i think your 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 term foundation is good because uh really what we should help people understand is you didn't just wake up one morning and decide to do that right uh, and that the more you look back, the more you recognize that that is the case, that it's a series of steps that you took, maybe consciously or subconsciously, that prepared you for that. Yeah, uh, I, I look back at it now. And when I tell the story, maybe I tell it a little bit as being very spontaneous, but there was a lot of there was a lot of things going on in my head at that time. I'm just like, you know what, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to do this. And why not? The worst that will happen is that I'll be back at zero or uh, my business will fail, which is a 90% chance anyways, even if I don't do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. You'll, where will you, you'll be back in the same situation you are right now, except at least you'll know that it worked or it didn't work. I think we do people a disservice when we uh, cause them to believe that there, this was some kind of spontaneous startup and it just happened for, for everybody else. And so it should happen for them and they get a severe case of FOMO and they think that, uh, you know, if it doesn't work out exactly right the first time that it's all, that they must be doing something wrong, which is not the case. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you came to wanting to start Africa Energy. Um, like, what was the process for you? Yeah, that's a good question because I think it really started in 1969 when I was one year old. <laughs> like I said, looking back, your perspective is very different. So uh, when I was one year old, my dad bought a ranch in central Nevada and moved uh, me and my sister and my mom out there and there was no electricity. And the running water was running in a stream in front of the little tar paper shack that we lived in, cow camp that we lived in. So... Uh, Eventually, a few years later, we got a generator. It was one of those witty uh, one-cylinder 
diesel generators that we ran for a few hours at night. So I grew up appreciating electric power. And then years later, when uh, I was in at the university, about to finish and wondering what to do, um, at the suggestion of my mother, I took a interest survey and found out that one of the things that I might be interested in was diplomacy, which prior to that, I really had no idea about. And so uh, pursuing that, I ended up in the US Foreign Service in Africa. And this is a long, boring story about how <laughs> these the steps that you didn't know you were taking lead you to things. Well, it turns out that Africa, at the time I got there in the 90s, uh, was in bad need of electricity and it only got worse as more Africans were born and consumed more of the limited electricity that they had. So you can see where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a um, it's sort of a situation that was created. And, but then it wasn't like I just got up one morning and said, oh, solar business in Africa. Um, so starting in 1996, when I would come home on home leave, this was really kind of prior to the internet. Um, I went, would go to the library and look up everything I could learn about solar which was in those days, old magazines and microfilms, <laughs> microfiches. Um, and then a few years after that, I finally got myself into graduate business school at Thunderbird. And, and while I was there, I had the opportunity to work for a solar company as a marketing project. And then um, I graduated and I had no job. My wife thought I was brilliant. <laughs> I quit the foreign service, went to graduate school, and now I'm unemployed. This is awesome. Um, and then a few days later, uh, the solar company that I had done the marketing project for called me and asked if I wanted to work for them. And uh, so I did, of course. And then after a few years of working for them, I quit and worked for someone else. And after a few months of working for him, I slowly started African energy and eventually was able to work on it full time. So I tell you that in that way to help you realize if you're trying to start a startup, that it might take a while and you might have to work into it slowly. And the things you're doing today are probably foundational steps for that. Does that when make you sense? say, yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. But I want to go back a little bit when you say you started off slowly um like tell us what what did that process look like of starting out slowly because uh like we talk a lot about in, on this podcast going into a developing market can be very challenging and overwhelming culturally uh business wise and so what was your process for just like starting out slowly and launching obviously you already had some experience in the foreign services sure. And I want to just publicly thank all of the taxpayers in the United States for paying for my five years of training. <laughs> I promise I worked during that time. I tried to provide value. But yeah, basically, I got five years of uh, government funded exposure to everything to do with Africa um, from the top secret files on down. And that's hard to replicate. And I'm grateful for it. And like I said, I tried to work hard to make it worthwhile for the taxpayers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if I was just, I would not recommend somebody get on the airplane for the first time and land in a 
developing market and say, hi, guys, I'm here to invest. <laughs> There's a guy in my book that does that, and you'll see what happens to him. <laughs> but that just sounds so much more, so much better. Just get on the plane and just, <laughs> I'm here to invest. I'm here to start a business. Where do I begin? <laughs> right. That sounds like something that probably wouldn't really happen, right? Never know. <laughs> it's true. You never know. But generally, things ought to sound realistic if you're if you're planning to do them. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so that was uh, I had all of that part of my background taken care of, and then I had to do a lot of learning about the industry and about the mistakes that prior solar companies had made, and about the mistakes that people made with the technology. And then I had to get to know the manufacturers in the industry and become familiar with them and have relationships of trust with them. And uh, so it was a long and slow process. I should also say <clears throat> that every week during that process, I had another business plan for some other business that I didn't do. <laughs> All right, don't worry. Go ahead, tell us the truth. How many business plans have you had? How many businesses have you started in your head? Oh, man. It's probably at least 200. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. At least. At least 200 business plans that I've had in my head or that I can remember. I will a minimum, you know, uh -huh. and just one of the things that I always try to just keep myself from doing is not being distracted. I love, I have shiny object syndrome. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, when, when business is not going well and you think you have unlimited amount of energy and just ambition and just you think you can do anything then every business just seems very viable uh so mm -hmm. um that's something that the i longer have to, the vacation like, really... the more viable the business sounds <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> if you've had three days off and you're well rested ready rested tanned and ready yeah everything's possible <laughs> so out of those 200 businesses how many of them worked out well well, I only actually started, I think now I've only actually started six businesses okay. <laughs> out of 200. <laughs> uh, I started a marketing agency. I started a marketing agency that turned into um, my marketing agency where I promoted books. And I partnered up with my business partner on that after I started it. Um, and then... I decided I, uh, we decided we wanted to start a software business and our marketing agency turned into our software business. But then that software business didn't work out because we were building trinkets. And I call it now looking back at it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Internet trinkets. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Being in a trinket business, trinket business could be very profitable. But for us, it wasn't. Uh, um, and then we decided you know, we're going to launch, uh, help authors launch books that worked, worked out really well for us. We got a lot of clients through that process and fast forward. Um, then we decided let's try our hands again at another software business. And we did that and that worked out really well for us too. So it's kind of been more in terms of like the six businesses, it's kind of been more of like an iteration of, 
ideas like, okay, this worked. Okay. But now, uh, um, at this stage in my entrepreneurship journey, I want to try, I want to try this particular business because I just want to maximize my opportunity a little bit more. So that's, that's how I kind of looked at it. Um, I've kind of, I have not moved industries in the last, um, since I started my journey at all. I've always been in marketing and, um, product for the most part and around things around marketing and, uh, dealing with software. I, I don't think I've ever just all of a sudden been like, Hey, I'm going to start selling oranges. Right. That's, so iter- <laughs> when you say iterations, that's a good word because you're, you're sort of circling back around to the things that you're already familiar with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's been my journey, but my journey in terms of, uh, deciding I wanted to start a business in Africa, I think it goes back to, shoot, it goes like, like you, it goes back to my childhood, right? Uh, um, I was born in Nigeria, um, left when I was actually six, lived in, uh, lived in Benin and Benin and Togo in a refugee camp there for three years, then moved to the U S. And so I always had like, a curiosity with what is life back home or where I was, where I was born. Right. Sure. Uh, but the years go, the years go by and you're kind of, I don't, I think most immigrants, um, can speak to this. You're kind of in that in between, uh, you're like a third culture kid, right? You, you have your, you have your, um, at home culture, that's Nigerian. You go to school, you're American. Then um, if you are black, then you also have the African-American culture and experience uh, that you are learning. So you're always uh, in between different cultures as, a, as an immigrant. And, and for me, um, I'll, I always wondered, but I was also kind of scared. It was also kind of one of those things where it was like scary, like, okay, well, I don't know too many, like, yeah, I talk to my relatives at home, but I don't really know how life is like uh, back in Africa. And that's something that I want to be able to experience myself. But, but I, I didn't know how I would be able to go about that. But fast forward, as um, we were building our, our marketing agency, one of the things that as a small startup, that's just trying to make it by, you're just like, man, Finding people, talented people is very difficult, especially in the U.S. And, you know, you you and your business partner are paying each other like 500 bucks a month. <laughs> so <laughs> there's not a lot of, there's not a lot right of, there. yeah, <laughs> there's not a lot of margins for, for, for even for, there's not even enough for you to survive on. And you're like, well, we need to figure out a way to scale ourselves and, and be more in the sales role and work on the business instead of in the business. And so I just started looking. I was like, "Where can we find talent that we can afford to pay? For, uh, we can afford to pay for as a, as a business." And I looked online back then. Um, the internet, the internet isn't what it what it is now. There is a, there was a lot more sketchy uh, <laughs> sketchy <Yeah>. sites. <laughs> I would say it's not as de- it wasn't as developed. But we landed on uh, we found. Uh, a designer on 99 designs and I started working with them. He was, he was great. And he's one of my really great friends um, now to this day. And we just started working with them and trying to figure out 
and we're like, wow, this is so, this is so amazing. Like we, we are able to hire someone like ad hoc on a contractor basis and get some work done and be able to work on our business and focus on the sales um, activity. And we're like, man, this is great. We got to keep doing this. But fast forward, we kind of just had uh, that relationship with him where he would work, he would work uh, on projects for us, but we never really, um, at the time, I never really thought about like, hey, what would happen if we um, moved our operation over like overseas, right? That, That never really crossed my mind. It was just like, okay, well, let's, let's have him just continue doing project for us. But to like, but as we started developing and our business started growing, we got to the point where we had to ask ourselves why um, the question came up, why would we uh, not continue to hire other smart, brilliant, talented people like this um, and allow us to continue to grow? And so for me, we're like, we were trying to hire like a developer because we were starting to work on our first like version of our product and we were looking everywhere. And at the time we weren't, I think our revenue was like 250,000 a year mm-hmm. <laughs> in revenue. And we're like, and every, startup. And, and every, uh, every developer we try to hire, they're like, Oh, we want a salary of like, 90k or 100k <laughs> and we're like we can't afford that <laughs> so i'm like man i, I we i can't I, I can't even afford to pay myself that <laughs> you know so how can i pay somebody else and, I, and we wanted something that's sustainable right because we had a long-term vision for what we wanted to build in a product and so after a while i'm just like man let me talk to sabadin real let me talk to sabadin that's the designer and I asked mm-hmm. him, I'm like, hey, man, how's, how's Serbia like? And he's like, yeah, man, Serbia is great, man. You should come visit. And I'm like, huh, maybe I will come visit. You know, let's see how Serbia is like. <laughs> so we have another conversation like a week later. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to Serbia to see how it's like. If, I, if, if I'm working with someone this talented and we've never met each other, what would happen if I was on the ground level in Serbia and I met other more just just as talented people, and I built a relationship sure. there. So, sure. you know, next after a second conversation, I um, booked the booked the plane booked the plane ticket. Never been out of the country since I moved to the U moved to the U.S. at the age of nine, and first time in Serbia, it was. I was meeting up with a dude that I met online <laughs> that I've been working with online, strictly online, never met in person, but we built a relationship. And so that's... These are the kinds of things Western Union says to never do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your mom yeah. says, what? You flew to where to see who? Yeah. How do you know this guy? I, 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 didn't, tell, I didn't tell my mom. I just told my mom I was going on vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not trying to scare my scare my mom like that. <laughs> so, but that that experience and building and growing a business in Serbia opened up my eyes to what else was out there, and um, it, it it allowed me to um, just face the like uh, the, be able to have confidence in wanting to build something 
in Africa or like in that environment. And so I, every time I would have conversations with myself, I'd be like, well, the next business that I start, I'm going I'm to start it. I'm going to start it in Africa because I want to go back and I want to give myself a reason to go back and continue to go back. Right. And sure. build and relationships there. Yeah. Business and, is a tool yeah. for so many other things besides making money. Mm-hmm. But making money got to come first, though. So <laughs> it has to be profitable. It does need to be profitable. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wanted to establish relationships in Africa and I wanted to continue to explore my culture. And so for me, I'm like, well, why don't I start a business? That's what I do. I talk about business. I engage in business probably 70, 80 percent of my working uh, of my working day or my time on the so i'm like yeah why not that allowed me to continue to learn my culture um work with talented people and build something um that i are enjoy doing so that's how i ended up there <laughs> so i'm seeing a couple of familiar themes here that we might have touched on before one of them is yeah. courage right yeah. you had to have some courage to to go and do things that well, you'd never done before and you probably hadn't seen done before. <laughs> mm. And then uh, you had a lot of patience. Um, I mean, not you weren't patient in that you were sitting around waiting for something to happen, but you were, you know, like patient accumulation of successes. Just keep working at it and working at it. So what are you looking back now with the benefit of hindsight? What were the most significant things that you have done in your life to prepare yourself for this success? Man, I, I think I just did all the little things well at the time. I always mm-hmm. look, reflect back and I learn new things that I'm like, man, I can't believe I actually did that. <laughs> or like, I can't believe I did that without not being aware that I did that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the one of the things that I learned um, that really prepared me for success is I just learned to b- build relationships. Yeah. Um, from with people from just different backgrounds and understanding like I'm that and I learned to like observe the things that are unsaid and I think mm-hmm. traveling and being that being in that environment uh, being in that environment where you're first year maybe a lot of people don't speak English or if they if they do it's not, it's their maybe a third or fourth language and then just trying to navigate um, in that environment just kind of built my muscle like my muscle like my mental yep. uh, muscle for just navigating in an environment where uh, you're just, you're, you're a foreigner. Um, and it got me comfortable in that environment. And, it, and I actually think now it's even harder for me to not oper- <laughs> operate in that environment. It, like just, if it, things are normal, I'm just like, uh, Oh, <laughs> that's pretty boring. <laughs> not yeah, very that's motivating. pretty boring. My, yeah, my brain just like shuts off. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. so I think that was one of it. But what about for you? Yeah, I think the same thing. It's like um, if the traditional things, the things that the school counselor tells you, um, those are I'm not even going to say they're necessary and not sufficient. They're not even maybe necessary. It's good to have a good education. The best education I got was from my mother, though, who was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because again, because we lived out in the middle of nowhere, we had homeschool. 
And uh, for the first four or five years of my schooling was from homeschool. So you learn the real basics of how to do things, uh, reading, writing, arithmetic. You got to learn that. Um, the rest of my education hasn't been too helpful. Um, I guess the other thing is that, you know, my dad was a rancher, therefore an entrepreneur, and a hard scrambler to try and uh, raise a family on a ranch in central Nevada. It's not an easy thing. I spent a lot of time with him. So I think most of the skills and attributes that you need as an entrepreneur, I learned probably from my parents and uh, then from some experience. Like you, I probably had 200 business ideas in my head. And most of them are just in my head, and that's probably where they should stay. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, also the ability to deal with people. Because mm -hmm. um, especially if you're going to go uh, to their country and try and figure out how to be useful to them. Um, yeah. you gotta, you got to have a love and appreciation for, for people. You just If you don't love them and don't enjoy being around others, then it might not be the right fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh one thing that I think uh, just from listening to you that I also think drew me into developing markets is I I remember as a kid like my mom used to have uh a shop where she she oh, was yeah. a tailor. So sure. Um, she used to, and I used to just be after, after school, I used to always just be at her shop, just hanging out and doing absolutely nothing or just playing with the other kids. But in like, in my head, subconsciously, I always wonder how my mom was able to do it because my mom had a pretty successful shop before she left Nigeria. And she would probably be an awesome business coach. <laughs> I bet she's tough. <laughs> yeah. So she has a shop now in, um, in Arizona, in uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, so okay. I always wonder, like, how do, how was she able to uh, to do it and build an actual actual successful one? I'm like, huh? Could I do it? And I always ask myself that, <laughs> that question. Yeah. yeah, your mom could probably do uh, purchasing training at the Walmart headquarters. <laughs> I'll bet she's good. <laughs> oh man. My mom's a hard negotiator. <laughs> oh yeah, has to be, has to be. She's a survivor. Yeah, but I think one of just the overall like themes here that uh, um, is like it's a lot of personal experiences that led us to where we uh, we were at, um, wanting to start or build a business in developing markets, not just obviously just chasing the opportunity, but it was more like, hey, you know what? I want to do this because I feel I feel it in my uh, feel it in my soul. It's not going to be like that for everyone, but I think that's kind of like our story, a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, it wasn't we didn't look on like charts and I, I didn't look on charts and graphs and it's like oh Africa has one of the youngest working <laughs> yeah, uh, population. Charts and, charts and graphs don't do don't uh, imbue you with the passion that you need, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And and I think just a sense of adventure, you know, um, mm -hmm. and wanting just to continue to be adventurous led us down to this path. Yeah. Yep, and the opportunity to do well and do good at the same time. That's uh, 
it's been a great blessing for me. Yeah, absolutely. So that about wraps it up for this episode of entrepreneurship in developing markets. If you are next to the phone and you're not driving, um, make sure to give us a nice review on your favorite podcasting apps and leave us a comment as to what you thought about this episode. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much.